This is Grace Lynn Keller with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and we are live at the 11th Annual CEO and CFO Roundtable. I'm joined currently by Drew Goldstein and Jeremy David, who are both the co-head of healthcare at Palantir. So Drew and Jeremy, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, and could you just quickly each introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Drew Goldstein. Uh, I'm one of the co-heads of healthcare for Palantir Technologies, and I'm here with Jeremy. Hey, uh, thanks for having us. I have the same uh, introduction as Drew. Wonderful. Well, Drew, if you want to just take it away and explain a little bit more about Palantir as we get started. Yeah, happy to. So, you know, Palantir works in a number of different industries. Um, Jeremy and I lead Palantir's healthcare business. Um, you know, across each of these industries, Palantir's focus is providing software that creates an interface between the data and information that sits across various systems throughout an organization and the frontline operators that need that information to be able to make the real day-to-day -day decisions to run the business. What we're doing in healthcare is taking that same approach and deploying it against core hospital operational challenges with health systems across the country. Uh, we went from working with just about 1% of the US healthcare system at the beginning of this year to now working with 16% of the US healthcare system. Uh, and we work with you know several health systems across the country. Uh, we have a team of now about 75 engineers that are fully dedicated um, to our work directly with our health system partners. Wonderful. Thanks for that explanation. Um, and Jeremy, I would love to start off with our first question, uh, throwing this to you. What are you most excited about right now? Yeah, I, I think it's funny. Like Palantir has a relatively unique way of approaching with, uh, of partnering with health systems. Um, and uh, the way it works is we have these forward deployed engineers. They uh, meet with the actual operators and leaders at these health systems and respond to what the hardest problem or what the biggest fire at that health system currently is. So like the cheeky way to answer the question is like, we're most excited by whatever the folks we're interfacing with, uh, whatever they are most, most excited about. And I think over the past uh, year or two, there's been a couple of verticals that have been um, uh, most exciting to us. I think the first I'll mention is like, uh, we've uh, partnering with HCA and a, a couple other folks, uh, we've really come to a different way to approach uh, nurse scheduling. And so if you go to any you know health system leadership right now and ask what the hardest problem is, most often you'll get a, a, as part of the you know top three at least uh, is the nursing shortage and not having enough staff to to staff those beds. And I think if you go back uh, a couple of years to our, our our first partnerships with the Cleveland Clinic and and, and Tampa General, uh, like out of one year, we would be hearing that there's this like massive nursing shortage in the country, reading the first page of the Wall Street Journal saying we don't have enough nurses to take care of the patients uh, we have in this country. And then out of the other year, we'd like watch how this was actually done on the front lines. And it was like a lot of, uh, frankly, brilliant work, but, but manual work done by uh, nurse managers, uh, CNOs, staffing office folks, um, uh, manually and, and, and with like virtually no data, no software. And I, there's a lot of reasons for that, that we don't have to go into, but over the past couple of years, we sort of from the bedside out actually built systems and algorithms to support those folks, bringing data from the EMR, from other clinical systems, as well as, uh, building new, uh, ways to, uh, new staffing systems to bring the information together to, to best align, uh, patient demand with nursing supply, uh, the, it's a sort of long explanation on how it actually works, but the the broad strokes of it is it's not self-scheduling anymore. It, it's a workflow by which nurses can enter their preferences, and there's an AI optimizer that then uh, matches between 
forecasted patient demand that determines uh, uh, the required nursing workload uh, and the staff and preferences of those staff they have available, and it generates the optimal nursing schedule. I think there's like a ton of benefits to this from a CFO's perspective, but importantly, like uh, to get a nurse manager or, or, or nursing leadership to adopt the thing, it actually saves uh, between 15 and 20 hours of the the uh, uh, the scheduling time that goes back into the uh, the the pocket of that nurse manager, um, and uh, it, it's really like a, a paradigm shift in how nursing. Uh, nurse scheduling is done today, uh, and I think that that's incredibly exciting. There's there's various other things that we've built on top of the like data asset we begin to build at each health system on uh, patients and nurses. Like a couple are using uh, large language models on top of Palantir's AIP platform to do better and more automated revenue cycle management. Um, but ultimately, we'll continue to react to the the problems health system leaders bring to us. Um, but those are two examples. And Drew, next question is for you. What are some of the issues that are taking up most of your time? Yeah, we're finding that the issues that we're focusing on today are the issues that are most top of mind for health systems across the country. And that's not an accident. That's the result of that forward deployed engineering model that Jeremy described before. And some of the examples of what we're seeing with our partners today at Cleveland Clinic, we've increased the rate of accepting patients via their transfer center by over 10%. At Tampa General, we've decreased the length of stay for their septic patients, reduced the hold times in their PACU by over 30%, and onboarded 15 analysts from their analytics team to run their end-to-end -end data and analytics program directly in our platform. And at HCA, with the staffing and scheduling solution that Jeremy described, we've onboarded nine hospitals and thousands of nurses this year so far, and we've reduced the time on scheduling by over 90% while capturing nearly 99% adherence to their staff member preferences. Um, we've been providing speed to value in these areas in a way that's been key both to the adoption that we've seen from our platform at these systems, um, but also to providing increased access to care for patients uh, across each of our partners. Absolutely. And Jeremy, I'm going to throw it back to you for our final question here. Uh, what do you think the most effective healthcare leaders are going to need to be successful in the next two to three years? Yeah, I think we're obviously like experiencing a boom of AI over the past six months to a year. And I think like asking ourselves the question, like how can we get um, AI actually to the front lines of healthcare today? Like whether it's at the point of care uh, from a physician interacting with a patient or, or to a more back office operational workflow. Like thinking about the point of care, if you suppose in you know, 15, 10, however many years, uh, physicians will have access to these more advanced AI algorithms to help make sense of all this information about the patient and similar patients uh, to, to, to make clinical decisions. Like, I think you have to think about uh, where is the data that these AI algorithms are going to be using and, and what software systems are going to be used at the point of care uh, to enable those physicians. And, and if you look at what software is actually in place at the point of care today, it's really only one system. It's the EMR. And it's the sort of same EMR system that's been at the point of care over the past, you know, however many years. And I think uh, this will happen very soon. Like we've had recent conversations with a lot of healthcare leaders that are really excited about the concept of taking 
the EMR and reimagining it to be more of a of a platform by which folks can harness the data that exists within within uh, these health systems and actually apply a algorithms to the point of care. And, and it requires an open system, a system by which you know the 22 year old Stanford new grad can actually like build upon uh, and get excited about these workflows to 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 start the next generation of these companies and innovations. The chief digital officers uh, of all of these companies that have been moving from technology to healthcare, like currently they're effectively blocked by the software monopoly that exists at the point of care. And I think what we'll see and what health system leaders should be pushing for is something that's more open, something where more uh, like smart folks and innovative folks can can get access to uh, uh, uh a reasoning about how we can deploy uh, deploy AI at the point of care. So I, I think we're going to see a lot more restructuring and openness of uh, EMR systems. And I think they'll start to look a little bit less like medical records and more like care delivery platforms by which folks can can build upon it and, and get AI into these workflows. Um, and I think that's going to have tremendous impact on uh, quality and the number of mistakes that that are made. But it all starts with making sure we have the right software at the point of care to harness these these new algorithms. 100%. Well, Jeremy, Drew, thanks so much for joining me today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Again, we're live at the 11th Annual CEO and CFO Roundtable. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you.